Hello, Fang Gang, and welcome back to In Vain Valpurgisnacht. Thank you so much for all of your kind words and well wishes while we were on our little hiatus. We are so glad to be back with you for season two. As always, a quick thank you to our sponsors, World Anvil and Die Hard Dice. World Anvil is the most comprehensive campaign management software tool on the internet today. We know. We've tried them all. You should definitely go check them out at worldanvil.com. Join the guild and get access to amazing world-building tools. You can also make a free account as well to check it out before you buy. Again, thank you to Die Hard Dice. If you too want to roll with the best like we do here on In Vain Valpurgisnacht, please be- go to dieharddice.com and use code FANGGANG at checkout for 15% off your first order. Without further ado, we'll jump right into the season two premiere of In Vain. Last time on In Vain. She thanks everyone for coming to the emergency meeting that she had called and said, so I'm calling this meeting because there are events taking place that are very concerning House and Clan Tremere. And in order to deal with these events, I am calling for a monthly blood tithe. Every kindred in this room is required to provide a mortal to Clan Tremere every month until further notice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of In Vain Walpurgisnacht. I am Tessa, your RPG mom, also known as Silky Dreams on Twitter. After the rest of my cohorts finish introducing themselves, we will be announcing the winner of our dice uh, from our little mini season hiatus. Who else is excited aside from me? Woot! Dice! Dice are awesome. I'm appropriately excited. I do enjoy the shiny click clack math rocks. Yes, shiny clicky clack math rocks. Especially the shiny clicky clack math rocks from Die Hard Dice. So, very, very excited to see who is the winner of this contest. All right. Well, I guess I'll introduce myself then. I'm Chad. I'm a storyteller. Uh, you can catch me at Chadlicious on Twitter. And I'm excited to see who wins dice. Because calling it clicky clacky math rocks, this makes me sound more like a nerd. Embrace the nerdity. It's not even a word. It is now. Hi, I'm Fennec, your TTRPG floof. You can find me on Twitter at the Fennec Wolf, and that's pretty much what I'm at everywhere else. Um, I too enjoy the clicky, shiny math rocks because they are delightful and they make such wonderful clacky sounds when you hold them. Hey everybody, my name is Shiny Kiwi, and you can find me on all social media, and I am the host of Introverts Guild on Twitch. Alrighty, so uh, the winner of our special Die Hard Dice $50 gift certificate is... Drumroll, please! Kim W. from Facebook! Woo, you won! Huzzah! Congratulations. Enjoy the dice. Yes. Uh, Fennec or myself will reach out to you shortly with information regarding your gift card and your special code that you will use on checkout at Die Hard Dice. As always, roll with the best. Our wonderful sponsors, Die Hard. 
Okay, so we are beginning season two of our Evolve Purchase Knocked Chronicle, and in order to go through the passage of time a little bit more. It's going to be a span of about two-ish months since the ending of season one to the beginning. And in the intervening time, you all have been active. You all have things that you wanted to pursue. So we're just going to do a quick run through of some very short scenes that you would have accomplished during this period of downtime. And then we are going to pick up right with the action. My brain just started singing a little less conversation, a little more action, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not how this works. Elsa, you are at the manor of Fiorella Bianchi. You're doing another one of your visits with her. You've you've met with her a couple of times, and every time it's been very pleasant. She's very glad that you're there. She's enjoying your company. You talk so much about things that are important to both of you, and she seems like she really listens, and she's very interested in how you think and how you feel. And towards the end of one of these visits, you are... You say your goodbyes to Fiorella, and you leave her in her sitting room, and you're walking out towards the the main hall. And as you do that, you hear somebody else entering the manor house, and you look, and you see it's Lena. And she is wearing, you know, like a big fur coat. It looks like she has some bags, look like she's been shopping, and she's just talking to one of the servants like she's done this thousands of times. And then she turns, and she stops, and she sees you. And she looks at you and says, Elsa, what, what are you doing here? Good night, Lena. How are you? She's eyeing you suspiciously, and she hands the bags to one of the servants. And she starts mar- like stepping quickly towards you, and her heels just clacking on the marble floor, almost like with purpose, coming straight for you. And she gets really close to you, and she says, I'm going to ask you again, what are you doing here? Your sire invited me to your household, and I thought she told you. Her her mouth compresses in like a tight line. And then she leans towards you some more with this predatory look in her eye and says, what is your intention towards my sire? Nothing. Actually... We were just talking about Franz Ferdinand, and your sire is very, very knowledgeable about everything she's lived through. We were just talking. Elsa's very relaxed. You expect me to believe that? And before she says anything else, you hear Fiorella's voice from down the hallway saying, Lena, is there a problem? And Lena, she looks surprised. She turns, and there's Fiorella there. She's standing there looking at the both of you, looking a little terse. And Lena says, nothing, Fiorella. I was just wondering why Elsa's here. And from the sounds of it, it, she's been here a number of times that I didn't know about. Care to enlighten me, sire? She looks at Lena, and she says, my reasons are my own, and they are not to be questioned. And Lena, it looks like she has a sharp intake of air, and she nods her head towards Fiorella and says, of course, my apologies, sire. 
And Lena looks over at you, Elsa, and she bows a little bit more to you and says, I apologize, Elsa. And as her head is down, she's a little bit closer to you. She looks up at you and she whispers so low that only you can hear. She says, run away, little rabbit. You're looking at wolves. And she smiles and turns and starts walking towards Fiorella and talking about all the interesting things that she bought. Good night, Lena. And then she begins to walk away. And then we'll do a musical interlude, and then we will get into... Thanks, Fennec. Dallas, you are sitting in a cafe close to the American military base. So it's it mostly serves the American troops and their families. And you are waiting for somebody. And after almost an excessive length of wait time, uh, the person you're waiting for walks in the door. It's your father. And he steps in and he's looking around. He's looking for somebody. Um, she will stand up, um, and kind of, she's dressed uh, a little bit more respectfully for this meeting. Um, she's not wearing her usual kind of fuck you punk attire. She actually looks, um, she's doing her best not to be, uh, standing out from the crowd like she normally is. You know, her hair is back in a ponytail. It's not down, um, or spiked up in crazy, uh, Mohawk, it is, she's got, you know, muted colors on. She looks like she's been taking care of herself. This is also the first time she's seen her dad since that night um, at the house. So she's doing her best to look like she's doing okay and like she's been taking care of herself well. So just she'll just kind of stand up to get his attention. Okay, and he sees you, he comes over to you, and he gives you a hug, and he looks at you and says, Sarah, you, you've changed. Is everything okay? Everything's great. Um, you look great. Oh, well, you know, I've, I've been keeping myself busy. He, he sits down and you sit down with him and says, so, okay. So what's, what's the surprise is, are you, are you done with that, that case, that witness protection case you were telling me about? I wish, uh, no, I'm not quite done, but, um, I wanted to do something nice for you. And I've been uh, doing really well at work. And so I was able to pull some strings. And I know you haven't been back to visit Gran um, in a while. And so I thought that this might be a nice Father's Day slash birthday present. I know it's a little late, but here. And she slides over an envelope. All right. And he takes the envelope and he opens it up. What's in the envelope? It is a uh, plane voucher uh, ticket, basically, to uh, back to the States. Uh, it is a round trip ticket, um, but it's to uh, it's back to Texas to where um, Dallas's grandparents live as a, you know, a surprise to visit home. I know that he hasn't been able to do that in a while. Yeah, he looks a little surprised when he looks at this as Dallas. This is this is unexpected and uh, 
I'm not even sure if this is even good timing. I mean, things at the base have been getting, you know, kind of tense. What with the, you know, there's some weird Soviet activity going on and um, I got to put in for my leave and it could take a couple of weeks. So I don't even know if these, these tickets will be good by that time. Well, that's, that's why they're a voucher. Um, it'll, it'll be good for a bit of time. Uh, so there's no actual date, but, um, you just have to move, use them in the next, you know, six months. But I thought that this would be a nice treat. I know you haven't been able to go home and see Gran and Gramps for a while. So, um, I know that things are not perfect, but I was hoping that you, you, you know, you, I know you're working so hard. Maybe you could get a bit of time off. Um, well, I, I appreciate the, the thought there, Sarah, but I'm, I don't know. And you're, you're working now. What, what is going on with, with you? What this is, I haven't talked to you or seen you in a while. And now you can meet me in a coffee shop and give me a plane voucher. I'm just trying to, trying to do what I can to, you know, be as supportive as I can from a distance, but, um, yeah, no, I, am. Um, I, I work and, um, I'm doing really good and, um, I'm doing, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm working. It's not perfect, but I've, uh, I've done a lot of good work there. I've been, um, I refurbished a lot of stuff in the, uh, place by hand with a lot of the techniques that you taught me. And, um, I'm, I'm really proud of the work I've done there. Okay. Uh, well, I guess, well, thank you for the, the tickets anyway. And I'll, if I got six months to use them, I guess I got some time to think about it. So, I mean, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm glad to hear that you're taking care of yourself. I just, I don't know. just wish I could see you more often. I'm trying to work out a way to make that possible that doesn't conflict with the whole, you know, supposed to be not in, in nondescript and, and unassuming for the time being. And he nods and you two spend a little bit of time at the coffee shop together just catching up. Ilva, you've just finished you know, tying the, the last bit of the restraints in the chair of the English person that you've been acquainted with who was harassing one of your touchdowns. And you take a step back in your haven, take a look at your handiwork, realize that he's not going anywhere. And it I don't know, in some kind of weird, twisted way, it kind of feels good to have company here since you haven't seen Maria in quite some time. But, well, now you have somebody to talk to, and he's kind of unconscious and drooling at the moment. What do you do? Um, She's going to find when the knife she keeps and cut her palm and force his mouth open and start dripping the blood in. <laughs> force him to drink your blood and that wakes him up. He, he has eyes open and he's wild eyed. He's looking around and he's kind of sputtering and gagging a bit on the blood, but he, he drinks 
more than he spits out. Good, you are awake. He looks around. He goes, why am I in the sewers? Because I have plans for you. Oh, wow. Sorry about what happened to your face. Mm, it is all right. It happened a long time ago. He's kind of like looking at his lips. He goes, oh, you gave me some of your blood. Thank you. It was about time. Was, I mean, you know, it's been a bit of time since my master gave me my dose. So <laughs> thanks. Your master. And who is your master? I'm not going to tell you the master's name until you tell me who you are and where I am. You are under sewer. My name is Wolf. Oh, uh, you're one of them commies. I can tell by your accent. Former. No longer. Well, I, I don't think that's possible, love. Once a commie, always a commie. That's what they told us in the Royal Air Force. Your Air Force was wrong. He starts shouting for his master, and it echoes in the sewers. Your master is not here. Would you like to tell me their name? I told you mine. Uh, oh, no. My master's everywhere. There's no telling where Maximilian will show up. I, this was something that I had planned a long time ago, and then you just told me you wanted to ghoul him. She raises an eyebrow. So your master is sheriff. That is good to know. Yeah, and I'm sure he's really going to enjoy hearing about what you've been doing to one of his servants. What's your name again? Wolf. My name is Wolf. Well, perhaps you can sit tight and tell me more of Master's secrets. I think you and I are going to have good friendship here. I'm not going to talk. You'll have to torture me first. I don't need to torture you. I just need to make you bonded to me. All right. So are you going to take the time to blood bond this guy to you? Oh, heck yeah. If it gives her information on Max, she she recognizes the the use of this. Well, yes, that is entirely possible for you to do. Uh, usually it takes about a year for a blood bond to get weak enough to break. So you can keep him down here for a while. She'll keep him down there for a while and just kind of the basic torture techniques, like withholding food and water until you get information and go that route. Okay, and I this is all out of character. I'm going to, when we pick up in the game proper, I'll just let you know when little snippets of information are pertinent. Sounds good. <laughs> what are you going to do with this guy when you're done with him? Probably murder him, just to be on the safe side so she, he can't tell Max anything. Okay, and so we'll just... Dallas, you are having one of those rare nights when you kind of miss mortal companionship or, you know, just, just being near a mortal who's important to you. And so this is one of those nights when you just, you know, in the darkness, not making any contact or anything, but just kind of sit outside of your father's home and just reminisce about your mortal days with him and all the regrets that you may have for, you know, how things went in your breathing days. And as you're sitting there, 
hidden in the darkness, you hear a noise coming from closer to your father's house, and it catches your attention, and you you creep a little bit closer and use your your gifts to see in the dark, and you see there's Sophia is prowling around outside of the house and peering in one of the windows. Sophia. She turns and sees you with the red eyes. She's like, oh, God. Dallas, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? This one's mine. Go find somebody else. No. No, what? What do you mean? He's off limits. Anyone else, not him. What do you mean he's off limits? Who is this guy? Not somebody that needs to be... Please. Look, Dallas, I'm behind on the tithe, okay? If I don't drag in a mortal tonight, it's my ass. It's not this one, okay? Okay, okay. I'll leave this one alone if you help me find somebody else. <laughs> Fine. I'll help you find somebody else. Ilva, you have been following one of the Tremere for a few weeks now, and the, the one Tremere that you decided to follow maybe have less of an ability to, to perceive you or do some real damage to you if you were found out. Uh, you decided to follow Aisley just to see if there was any more information that you could find on the wards that are protecting the city or any other secrets that you could find. And some of your spying has borne fruit. You, you have seen Aisley has been very busy erecting wards in certain areas. You see the way that she does it is she is uh, cutting her wrist and she's drawing like a, a, a pentacle and a magic circle while chanting in some strange language on whatever it is that she's uh, casting the ward on. And when she is done, the blood looks like it, it glows brightly with a red light as the circle fades and the object that she has warded looks no different than before she started. You follow her some more, and one interesting thing that you witness is, uh, you see, she goes out into the woods, and you follow, of course, obfuscated and from a distance, so she doesn't suspect that you're following. And when you finally find where she is, you see her standing in a clearing, surrounded by mortals, and there's a bonfire in the middle, and they're all wearing these robes, and they're chanting. And as they start chanting, they start to disrobe, and they're all women. They're all women of various ages, uh, shapes, sizes, and Aisley's in the middle, and now they're all naked and they're chanting. You get a little bit closer to to hear kind of what's going on, and you hear like they're chanting various names of mythological goddesses. And it looks like Aisley is directing them in some sort of ritual. She's talking about like the goddess, and they're going to be casting a spell tonight. And it do you? Let's see. You have you have some skill with the occult, do you not? 
No, she doesn't actually. That's one thing that she doesn't have. She has a point in an investigation, though. You see, you know, she's, she's, they're chanting. She's talking about really weird things. She says in order for the, the ritual to, to take effect, she's going to need a donation from the coven. She's going to need their life essence. They were going to need to feed her some of her blood in order for her to be able to cast the spell. And the coven around her is very willing to give her their blood. It looks like she, she's going through and it's she's actually drinking blood from each individual. Not, not a whole lot, but she's feeding from them. And then more chanting starts, and the chanting gets up to a fevered pitch, and then she starts floating up in the sky over the fireplace. The fuck? A bunch of weird, like, she does, like, some weird flashy stuff. You're not entirely certain what in the hell is going on, but it looks pretty impressive. And the the mortals that are involved in this look very, very ecstatic. They look almost like they're in some sort of religious ecstasy. After it's done, they're kind of cooling off or in the afterglow so to speak they are they're congratulating their high priestess on you know a successful ritual and they're you know putting their clothes back on and they're going their separate ways so it kind of looks like aisley is well looks like this is the way that she feeds seems like she's an osiris yova just kind of blinks mutters to herself in Russian about crazy witches and what the fuck was that? Yeah, and she will follow Ainsley just to see where she goes after and what she does. Yeah, Ainsley, is that's how she feeds. She Her herd worships her as a god. So you wanted to know more about the wards, more about, you know, Ainsley stuff. Was there anything else that you wanted to find out by following her? Um, just maybe... Like, if she meets with any of the other Tremere, like, and talks about what's going on, maybe a little more info on this Hungry Dead, if there is any. The most information that you get regarding that, uh, she talks a lot with her sire, uh, Reinhard, and basically what they talk about is they're, they're still, they're waiting on something from Vienna, that could be helpful. You're not quite sure what they only refer to it. And what you're guessing is some sort of code or something. You do manage to spy on her in moments when she has interactions with Leon. Cause they're both, it looks like it's just the two of them that are in charge of keeping the wards going. And, you know, with the blood tithe going on, they they're using the blood of those mortals to, to stay fed while they erect all these wards. And after some of these wards are erected, they have to go and recharge the wards with their own blood. And so it takes a lot of blood and it seems like it's kind of wearing on Leon a lot. And it seems like Aisley is just more like, like chiding him, maybe even mocking him because he's not strong enough to do what needs to be done for clan Tremere. It just seems like Leon and Aisley have a contentious relationship and Leon really does not like spending any time with her. He only does so because he's ordered to. She files that away and, you know, and if Dorada wants to talk to her about it, you know, she might let a couple things slip. So you've been waiting 
for a good bit of time here in the cemetery outside of the Church of the Holy Spirit, waiting for Dorata. So you have some something you want to discuss with him. And just when you're about to, to give up and go back to the club, you turn around and Dorata is standing there in his hoodie, kind of hunched over with scoliosis. You're not quite sure how long he was there, but he looks like he enjoyed getting a rise out of you. God. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I have that effect on smooth skins. What can I do you for? I was hoping to talk to you uh, about something. Hence Fiverr here. Anyway, I want to talk about the possibility of taking all Nosferatu's eyes off of my coterie. Why are you talking to me about it? You're Supremogen. Yeah, I'm not their king. Nosferatu do what they want. I understand that. But is there any way to keep them away from my people? Well, I'm not saying that that we are or we are not watching you, but I will say if you want something from us, it doesn't come free. Exactly. And what does it exactly, what kind of knowledge would the Nosferatu want? I don't know. You have any dirt on anyone in the city that I don't already have? Nine. Not yet. But I will. You will? So when you do, maybe we can have a more fruitful conversation. Or maybe I just wanted to look at your handsome face a little bit more. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> I like to laugh. Anyway. But I will keep in touch when I find that information. And to keep all eyes off of us, how how big are we talking here? I mean, we don't it doesn't have to be world shaking or anything like that, but even if it's something that I just didn't know before. Or something new that's developing. I don't know. I don't care. Surprise me. I plan to. Or, or, you could let me feed in your club. There's a lot of miners in my club. Okay. And? Are you hoping to get a miner? Blood is blood. I don't give a shit where it comes from. It's a nine. He shrugs. Suit yourself. But until you get any information, you're not going to get what you want. Darling, I always get what I want. And she walks past him. Dallas, you are in your room in the club, in your haven, and your sire is there. He's he's finishing up on some lessons on oh, history, history of clan gangrel, the modes of recognition a gangrel can tell, like a true gangrel, somebody who's actually been welcomed into the clan. And give, he's been giving you a lot of education on 
so much. Like Sabat, Camarilla, the story of Cain, whether or not you choose to believe it. Uh, so by the time he's done with his lessons with you, you pretty much know the ins and outs of kindred life, uh, the, the highlights at least. And as he's done with the lesson tonight, he stops and he looks at you and says, this is, this is it. I'm done teaching you everything that I know, and I will be leaving soon. Are you leaving the city or leaving, like, like leaving, leaving? I go where the wind takes me. I have no idea where I will end up, but I know it will not be here. It's to my time to go. And I don't know if or when our paths will ever cross again. And I just wanted to, I guess, say goodbye. I appreciate that. Um, thank you for teaching me and taking time to do so and, and for letting me know that you're leaving. So uh, this is going to sound very silly, but because you're more than capable, but, but for letting me know so I don't worry. Obviously, the city is in a strange situation. And this is why I like to keep a wide berth from Tremere. You give them any amount of power over something, and it becomes weird. So anyway, like I said, goodbye. And in the future, just remember my lessons, especially if you come across a mortal that you think can add to the strength of the clan. I will do my best to remember. Thank you, Afgar. You're welcome. Stay alive. Travel safe. You too. Stay alive. And he goes into bird form and flies out the window. Elsa, you are... At your club, you've just finished a, a rather impressive performance, if you do say so yourself. Well, yes, I do say so of myself. <laughs> and you are relaxing in the green room. And as you are you know, preparing yourself, you're kind of wiping away some of the makeup because you're, you're done for the night and you're just ready to let the, let the work kind of close the club for you. There's a knock at the green room door, and you hear Peter's voice from behind it saying, hey, Miss Elsa, uh, Anna's here to see you? Oh, perfect. Come on in. He opens up the door, and Anna walks in, and Peter, he kind of knows the drill by now. He just kind of closes the door and stays out there. He's so nice. Hi, Anna. Hey, Elsa. Um, how are you tonight? And she's talking to you. She's been to the club a couple of times at this point, and it seems like, it, if your memory serves correctly, it seems like every time she's come here, like, you're, so her hair's been, you know, feathered a little bit more, or her makeup is a little bit darker. Uh, she's starting to wear, like, tighter clothing. 
And it almost, you can tell. I mean, she's looks like she's trying to dress to impress you. Uh, because, yes, because the couple of times she's been visiting, it's been under the impression, at least on her side, that this is kind of a romantic rendezvous. And so she's just wanted to say hi to you. She's like, oh, you did so good tonight, Elsa. I was so happy I was able to make it tonight. And I was just wondering if, you know, you were you know, free for the rest of your night. I think about it. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty free tonight. Does your mother know you wear those clothes? <laughs> yeah, she's in West Berlin. She looks down at, you know, some of the new dress that she's wearing is like, so do you, do you like it? I, I, I just got this. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. Where did you get it? Uh, she, yeah, she tells you the, you know, the store that she found it at. We'll have to go there to Casa one day, and she's getting a little bit closer to her because she's feeling a little bit peckish. Okay, and so she's not going to to stop you at all. She's kind of welcoming. And she's even just kind of getting a little bit closer to you as well. And then she'll she'll drink from uh, Anna. Okay. And her you know, breath catches and you get to taste of her emotions and memories and the, the pleasant feeling that she gives you. She's always, her blood has always had such a soothing, calming effect on you. And you've come to appreciate it over the past few weeks. So is there anything else that you have planned for Anna? I'm going to talk to her about possibly looking at the Hexen light and see if she wants to help out with the finances and stuff like that. Uh, it would really help Dallas out. Uh, so she's not doing everything at once. She's a very busy woman. Oh, I, that would actually be some really good experience for me, uh, actually working, uh, with finances. Uh, that'd be really great. Actually. Like, uh, almost like a, like an internship almost. You would be getting paid. It just wouldn't be a lot. If that's your, if you're okay with that. No, I understand. I mean, like if, if I graduate, will I still get to, you know, work here and then become a full employee? Possibly. I, w I would love to work with you up here. I would love to work here. This is, I mean, I think this is going to be a good experience, and I'm kind of excited about it. Thank, thank you. Oh, you're, you're welcome. She's running her, her hands up and down your arm. She's a little bit weaker, but she's very appreciative. Yeah, so she got a new job and she's getting paid and we have an extra arm for support. So Elsa would like to do it the, the last time that she did it with Peter and she's going to cut, like make a very small cut and then put it in a shot glass and give it to her. Okay. Are you, are you bleeding in the shot glass right in front of her, or are you just going to give her a shot glass full of some red liquid and telling her to drink it? I'm, I'm going to put some wine in it as well. 
and be like, yeah, try, try this new experimental drink that we thought about giving to customers. And so she's, oh, I was getting a little thirsty. Thank you. And so she takes the, the wine glass full of the spiked wine and she drinks it. She takes a sip and she thinks for a sec, she considers it with her head cocked and she drinks some more. She's like, this is, this is very good. And she just downs the whole thing and like another gulp and says, this is very good wine. Right? Yeah. And she just. She stops for a second and she's, you can, like, she gets flushed. Her face does. And she's like, I feel, oh man, I feel good. I feel like, oh man, I feel like I just had like a whole bunch of coffee. And she giggles a little bit. Wonderful. Right. I'm going to, I think I'm really going to like working here. So all of you spend a rather eventful couple of months. We're going to pick up again on November 8th, 1989. So it's been a couple of months. It's fall. It's the fall semester at the university has started. And this is a very special night because Dallas has gotten word that uh, Rollins Band the Henry Rollins band is playing at the Schwim, Schwimbad Music Club, which is German for the Swimming Pool Music Auditorium. Swimbad? That's, swimbad. That's Sinbad. where, yeah, bad is German for spa. Sinbad, older brother. Not Sinbad, Schwimbad. And so at the urging of Dallas and probably Ulva too, uh, Elsa, you find yourself at a punk music concert and it looks like Dallas is enjoying herself. You don't see Ilva. Ilva, you are up in the shadows just enjoying the music. Oh yeah, she's headbanging in the shadows just like, yeah, devil horns. Yes, this is actually a piece of musical history that's going on. The concert goes late into the night. I know that Ilva and Dallas really enjoy the punk scene. Uh, Elsa, you are a goth princess. You actually have some fame within that scene. Uh, You also have some mild dislike from people who are not part of your scene. So how does the concert go for you? Well, I still... She still enjoys some music. Uh, It's good music. And should have more of it at her lounge, maybe on a special, like, one punk night or something. Um, She's getting lots of stares, but she's still enjoying, you know, enjoying what she wore and um, not really caring what other people are doing. And she's gonna look around and is Joe's there? Are you in the stands or in the pit? I'm in the stands. You're in the stands and you're looking around and you see your your friend, Dallas, in the pit. And oh yeah, Joe's there too. She's actually like thrashing quite a bit in there and looks like she's knocking around men that are much larger than she is. She's all into it and enjoying it. 
I uh, I, I wave to Joel and Dallas. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, like doing one devil horn, and I'm like still rooting for for Dallas and watching her have a good time. Even though that Elsa, this would not be her preferred concert at all. A little bit more. I don't know what goth was back in West Germany, but there were concerts. It was, I mean, you know, you kind of like move from side to side, take a drag of your cigarette and then just, you know, <laughs> uh, Dallas has probably tried to convince Jaeger that he needed to be at this concert too. Yeah. Concerts aren't his thing, but Dallas and Joe tear it up in the mosh pit. Yes. Joe, Joe hits hard, like real hard. Das is probably just laughing. Oh yeah, especially as you like start sliding around the floor, and it doesn't really hurt all that much. And Joe's really enjoying it. Like she's getting in the pit, she jumps on a couple of people, and as she pulls away from them, you can see like some blood on her lip, and she's kind of like licking at it and just going to town. And you all have a very enjoyable night at the punk concert. And it goes on for so long. All of you meet up with with Joe afterwards, and you have a good old night on the town. And it goes so late that you all have to find some shelter from the sun before it rises. So you manage to find a, a place to stay away from your havens for the night. And the next day approaches. I need everyone to roll a d10, divide the result by two, and that is your current hunger rating. So three divided by two, one. Ten divided by two is five. Oh, you going frenzy, girl. We'll see. And uh, what did Elsa get? An eight. Or no, 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 no. Four. Excuse me. So, okay. So Ilva has one hunger. Elsa has two hunger. Dallas has five hunger. What the fuck did you do, girl? She must have burned some blood at that mosh pit last night. It was all the fortitude I was using up not to be, like, hurt by Joe. There we go. So, so all of you... with Joe. Yes. <laughs> all of you animate for the night. Uh, you manage to find, like, some kind of cheap hotel on the outskirts of town. You, you know, blocked up the lights, put the do not disturb sign up, and one of you slept in the bathtub. And... Dallas, you wake up and you are just the beast is clawing at the back of your brain and it says, Let me out, let me out. I need it. I need it so bad. Oh god, I'm gonna try and make it to the woods. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, but I'm gonna try. All right, Dallas, you know that you need to address this problem or bad things will happen. Yep. So I'm going to make my way to the to the woods as fast as I can. All right. So I just like this scene, how Elsa and Yulva, you guys wake up for the night. Dallas is already gone. She's got lowest, highest humanity. She woke up first, probably. You wake up and it's like, our door's open. <laughs> it's just like banging against the wall. And Dallas is just hauling ass out to the woods. You not? Has it, have they woken up yet? Oh yeah, you're awake now. Like right as Dallas just opens the door and runs out, I, uh, Ilva, 
Oh, hang on. Bathtub is hard to get out of. Give me one moment. Do, do you need some help? I am fine. It is just stiff bones when waking up. Mm. You hear like this unnatural sound of like cracking. <laughs> oh, there we go. Everything is back in place now. Do you know the Dallas French? Yenot is not with you. Uh, no, nine. She's looking around the room and she meets up with Ilva. She did she tell you where she was going? She did not. I am. We should probably go find her. Okay, Dallas, you are trying to hunt out in the woods, correct? And I get to the woods so I can hunt. I don't know if I will. With a hunker of five, the question is, can I manage to wait that long, depending on where we're at? All right, so this is what we're going to do. I need Dallas to give me a composure and animal can roll, substituting regular dice for hunger dice. And if you don't succeed, something bad's going to happen. All right, I'm going to do this on my uh, regular on my personal dice, so it's easier for me to track hunger versus um, versus normal dice. So, I, so composure plus animal can is. Six dice, five of which are hunger dice. Got it. This could get messy. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling this is going to get real messy. Oh, please, D&D gods. Jason Carl, we call upon you tonight. <laughs> yeah, so hunger dice and my one non-hunger die. Please, Talos and Jaffe, bless these dice. <laughs> bless these dice, Talos and Jaffe! Three, four, two, one... One. One. <gasps> oh my oh gosh! No! That's a bestial failure. Yeah. Oh my god! Yep. No, seriously, is Joe with us? No, she's not. Dallas, the last thing you remember is rushing out of the hotel door in a desperate attempt to get blood. And the next thing you know, you're in a hotel room... The doors open, and you, but you're not in the hotel room that you ran out of. You're you're looking around, and you're laying on a bed. There's feathers everywhere. There's like foam and springs, and and you have this odd taste in your mouth, and and you feel at your face, and there's blood, and you look around, and there are there's people here. There's bodies, and they've been terribly mutilated. It looks like by some animal. Yulva and Elsa, you said that you ran out to follow Dallas? We, yeah, we went to go find her. <laughs> it's not that difficult when you hear the the sounds of tearing and screaming and growling coming from the room two doors down from you. And you run in there and you see it looks like Dallas has just done the unthinkable. Elsa is speechless. You not? It is Okay. Yova is very slowly moving in because she's unsure if Dallas is still in frenzy mode or... Uh, she seems lucid at this point. Uh, at this point, it looks... You hear the sounds of, like, other hotel doors opening and people are starting to get curious. Elsa's going to close the door behind her. Yeah, it's going to be... Yeah. Like, she can't let anyone else see this. And lock the door. Dallas, what's going through your mind? Um, probably just 
a couple of things. One is just abject horror at what she's just done because she's been so incredibly careful to to not drink from a human, to never like never be cruel. That's like her thing is it's never um her goal was never to do this. And so it's it's she's almost kind of she's probably in a fetal position, almost holding her knees to her chest and just shutting down. I think at this point, she's just, she's, she's broken herself. She's trying. And then the other part of her brain that is still functioning is just like masquerade. How do I fix this? How do I fix this? How do I fix this? All right. And that's how you find her. Dallas. Elsa's going to slowly walk towards her. Dallas. And she needs to know if she's answering her. I didn't mean to. No, I... I know I know you didn't. Come here. We need, we need to go. We need to go right now. We... Ilva, what do we do? You two are going to need to get out. But first, do not go to the bathroom. You need to clean face. Uh, Elsa's gonna get Dallas, like, help her to the bathroom, like, not help her trip or anything, and, like, help, like take a shower or something, and, like, Elsa is just completely shocked right now, and she doesn't know what to say, but she's, like, slowly helping her get cleaned up and everything. Or quickly, quickly cleaned up, yeah. Dallas has a change of clothes in her back that she carries with her everywhere, so she's got clean clothes. Um, I'm assuming at the end of a frenzy, I am at hunger zero. Yes. Oh, yeah. The beast is exhausted at this point, and actually, as you're taking a bath and you're you're getting more of your faculties back, and you're like, okay, I need to think straight. I need to focus on the here and now. That nagging sensation at the back of your head just whispers a lazy "thank you" and then becomes quiet is going to ignore that for now or try to Yolva is going to try and like put the bodies on one of the beds and see if there's like any alcohol or anything in like the mini bar and just start pouring it out all over to cause like a fire once they leave to hide the evidence of the murder so you have larceny is that right Yes. Okay. I need you to give me a wits plus larceny roll to make sure that you can effectively cover this up. So how is Elsa and Dallas going to get out first is the question. That's a good question. Ilva. Out the window. Just jump out the window or. Ilva would look at the two of you. We are just going to play it off and say, oh, we are having party, friends got a little too drunk, we are going to go get them something to help sober up. Da? Dallas, are you ready? As ready as I can be. All right, so three successes. Okay, so you're, we're going to get to that. Dallas, as you walk out of the bathroom after being cleaned up and dressed, and you're walking back out to the door in the main area where the evidence is, do you look at it? Do you look away? She's going to try not to look. She, she 
she's going to try not to look. She doesn't, she really doesn't want to know how bad it is. It's a war with herself though. She's, she, she's afraid if she looks, then she's just going to shut down. And the goal is to get out right now. So Elsa, you lead Dallas out of the hotel room. And when you do, there's not as many people uh, are still looking, but at least in the room next to you, you have some guy is standing out there and he's everything okay in there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. We just, we had too much to drink last night and we are, I'm going to help her get something to to help her and we're hurrying past this guy like yeah i trust ilva to lock the door keep it shut take care of the larceny and everything yeah right and the the man that you just passed i mean he wasn't hoping that there was anything that he needed to address and your story was like yeah okay great i don't have to deal with it and he goes back into his room and lights up a cigarette okay perfectly safe all right cool uh yeah, so we're, we make it out of the hotel. Okay, so you get out there, and Ilva, you rolled a three. Yeah, that's good enough to make sure that the fire gets rid of any masquerade breach that may happen in some sort of investigation into arson. And so when you say the word, you will light it up and get out. She gives Dallas and... Elsa about a fire about two to three minute head start just to get them away from the crime scene so they're not going to be implicated and then lights it up and goes to follow obfuscated. Okay, so if you're going to act- activate unseen presence, I'm assuming you're going to be moving, you need to give me a rouse check. Ten. So I do not get any hungrier. No, you don't. And the hotel room goes up in flames. And you all meet up, I'm assuming, a few blocks away from the hotel. What's the plan? Elsa's just going to keep, uh, like, Dallas glued to her and rubbing her back and doesn't really know what to say. She's in total shock and trying to get the image out of those two mauled people out of her brain, but, like, it's not affecting her relationship with Dallas at all. It's just like, wow. But yeah, does she's going to, she's, she's never been in this part of the, of Heidelberg before. So she's not really sure which way to start walking to go back to the club. Okay. Well, you know the bus route, so you can all, if you want, get on a bus and get back to the club. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm get enough change. Uh, make sure Ilva's with us, and she'll look around for Ilva. I'm right behind you. Just let me know which where we are going. For going back to our Haven, you can get on a, bu- a bus route with us, and uh, she'll give enough bus money to the driver and help Dallas sit down in the nearest seat with her. Okay. And so you get on the bus and sit. Uh, Is anyone going to say anything or is everyone just silence from the shock of what happened tonight? 
Elsa's thinking about what are we going to do <laughs> if this if this gets out. This is a risk that all of your kind take every night. Gilva would just be like whispering to the two of them and say, it is all right. We are heading back to Haven. We will... It is okay. We are not... The masquerade is not in breach. We are safe. She's just... Because she's the older vampire and has been through this with her own sire is trying to calm them down and just make sure they're okay and that they're, you know, that they feel safe and that nothing's going to happen to our coterie. Okay. And so it just seems like the two of you are offering a lot of support for Dallas. I'm guessing as she's just in her head at the moment. Yeah, she's absolutely just gutted right now. The only thing running through to her head is that she's a danger and she should not be around people. It's like, maybe I should just go to the woods. I should just stay there. It'd be safer for everybody. It's just kind of running through her head. Dallas, you get one stain on your humanity. And before we get to the Haven, let's just do this real quick. So I need anyone who has humanity stains. So that would be Dallas and Elsa. So uh, let's see, Dallas, you have a humanity of eight. So you get one die. Elsa's humanity is seven. Is that right? Yeah. All right. So you get two dice. So I need you to roll your dice and tell me if you've gotten any successes. One success. Two. Both of you managed to hold on to your humanity, which means that you feel remorse for what you have done. And now you need to think about how you're going to make it right. How are you going to make peace with what you've done that will allow you to hold on to what humanity you have? And then the bus gets to the stop close to the haven and you all get off and walk. And when you enter the club, uh, you see it's, it's a night when you're not expected to open but when you walk in, you hear like like yelling coming from upstairs, like a lot of not like like angry screaming or anything, but more like like hooping and hollering. Uh, Dallas, why why don't you go to your room and I'm going to check on Peter. Okay, sounds good. Elva, can you help her, Betty? Da, uh, come. You can show me your room. Like the most defeated Dallas has ever sounded. My poor sweet baby. Elsa Elsa feels really bad leaving her, but she does not want any more Nazis in her haven or anywhere near her haven. So she's going to check on Peter. She's like, Peter, what are you doing in there? So the door opens and you see there's Peter in there and he's got like a a big old bottle of champagne that it looks like he got from the kitchen and he's he's topless he's wearing he's got his pants on Anna is in the room too she's like just cheering she's waving a German flag or something and the the TV so Peter it's been a few months so Peter's gotten to upgrade his room a little bit so he's got like a a nice TV nice projection kind of backed TV going on and he's watching the news and as you look at the footage uh, it looks like 
like a whole bunch of people standing on top of a wall and they're drinking and cheering and they're at it with pickaxes and it takes you a second to recognize that you're watching the Berlin Wall on the news. Oh my god. And Peter's like, Elsa, Miss Elsa, wait, he he um he grabs the remote, he grabs the remote and turns up the volume. He's like, like you know, all of the all the German news channels are, are off right now. The only thing I could get was uh, an American channel on the satellite. Look, listen to this. Listen to this. I'm Peter Jennings in New York just a short while ago. Astonishing news from East Germany, where the East German authorities have said, in essence, that the Berlin Wall doesn't mean anything anymore. The wall that the East Germans put up in 1961 to keep its people in will now be breached by anybody one who wants to leave. The East German media chief in the Communist Party said a short while ago that anyone who wants to leave East Germany and go anywhere in the world is free to do so. Anyone who wants to leave East Germany and travel to the West and return will need a visa, but visas will be granted, it is said, immediately or at least urgently by police stations all over the country. It is perhaps the most important announcement made in Central Europe since the end of World War II, certainly since the wall went up in 1961. Standing by in West Berlin, where the shockwaves are only now being felt, ABC's Barry Dunsmore. Barry, I see I'm right about shockwaves. Yes, indeed. This was something that certainly wasn't anticipated in this form this quickly. He cranks it up loud enough where Ylva and Dallas can hear this in the other room. Is it just the tone of their voices, or they can actually hear it? I don't know. Can, y'all can hear the gist of it and then you know the the news reports continues and there's a correspondent on the scene talking about the berlin wall has fallen the iron curtain has fallen (laughs) elsa starts jumping up and down with peter she's like oh my god and uh immediately runs up to uh, Ilva and Dallas and she starts knocking and she's like you guys you guys open up open up Yelva will open the door. I, what? What's going on? Sephirlin, it's, it's It's gone. You hear Peter shouting from down the hallway. It's like, Germany is united again. The Berlin Wall, it's, it's, they've taken it down. They've taken down the Berlin Wall. It's amazing. Peter and Anna are jumping up and down, holding each other's arms in the hallway. They're very excited and happy. Peter comes running in and with all of you in there and he sees Dallas and sees Ilva. He's like, eh, is this a bad time? Da, maybe another time, Peter. You know what? I'm just going to go back in my room and yeah. Yeah, I, no, yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm really glad. I mean, this is, I mean, this, this is a win for, for the good guys, right? I mean, democracy and all yes. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll, we'll uh, celebrate another night, Peter. I'm really excited, but uh, we had a problem, so I hope you understand. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, I get it. We'll we'll talk about it. So, um, uh, you know, why don't Anna and I just kind of get out of here, unless you need us? Yeah, there's a... Very good bar, you know, a few blocks from here. You guys will have a great time. Yeah, and I actually grabs Peter's arm and goes, oh, let's go to Heidi's. Let's go to Heidi's. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sure, okay. And so they go out and they go to Heidi's to celebrate. Yova slowly shuts the door. Sorry, but it's okay. 
sets. No, it's it's good. Elsa starts crying. Uh, she's like, I don't. This is amazing. And she looks at Ilva. She's like, this has to be amazing to you too, right? It's like, da, it's da. I, I grew up in Russia. I never thought this would. It is, it is amazing. Da, I am just, you know, the, I am worried for you. I'm okay. You guys should be celebrating. It, it's, I'm okay. Do you, do you need anything? Do you, do you need a raccoon? No, I don't think I want to taste anything for a good long while, but <laughs> thank you. Elsa's going to hug Dallas, like really, really hug her and both fighting the love for her best friend and celebrating and trying to put all of that good vibes into her friend and like, yeah, there's just blood tears smeared all over her face. I'm going to call my dad and make sure he's okay. I'm sure the base is all sorts of a buzz after this. Um, but you guys should call, you know, Gregory, call Christina, call everybody. Make sure everyone's doing good. I, I, oh, I need to do that right now. Uh, I'm... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go catch them, and uh, she's gonna run out the door. Dallas, you're going to call your father. Yeah. You do know he is currently in Texas. Oh, good. He got out. Okay. Yes. So, but you you got your grandma's number, so you can call long distance or collect. I'll call long distance. I've yeah, we're doing okay. You know, you get a hold of your dad, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I heard the news. I I heard the news. I already got my orders to return." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm actually packing my bags right now and I'll be on the next flight out. I'm catching the red eye back to, uh, actually they want me in Berlin just to kind of keep an eye on things. I was just kind of wondering how things are going. There must be a wild party going on. It's certainly crazy. People are cheering and very excited. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. yeah. Grand and granddad say hi. Hi to grand and granddad. Give them my love. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and and he's like, you hear some protesting, and then there's like some muffled and everything, and you hear like, here's your gran on the phone. Is like, Sarah, is that you? Yes, gran. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad that you're okay. I mean, we're watching the news, and there's people with pickaxes and spray paint, and we're hoping that you're not involved in any of that. No, I'm several several towns away. I'm nowhere near it. Oh, okay. Well, are are you eating enough? Yes, Gran, I'm eating plenty. Okay, well, that's good. Make sure that you got to keep up your strength and you have to, you know, eat what's good for you. And you hear a dark laugh in the back of your head. Yeah, she's trying not to, she's trying really hard to ignore that laugh in her head. I, I promise I'm taking good care of myself, Gran. Okay, and just like with... Most grandmas, at least in my experience, you kind of have to make your excuses a few times before you're able to hang up without any guilt. Yeah, several. And she just warns her dad to be careful in Berlin. Stay safe, you know, the usual. Right. Uh, Is Yulva doing anything? Yulva stayed at the club, so she's just kind of sitting off to the side while Dallas makes her call. And once it's done, 
raises an eyebrow. So how are you really doing? I feel awful. Quick question. Is Dallas's window open or closed? Uh, open. She's probably left a habit of keeping it open. Um, just even though she knows Ashbar is gone, potentially, she keeps it open just in case. Okay, so the window's open. Uh, Ilva, you ask your question, then suddenly Maria just appears in the room, and she's like, did it happen yet? And she she hears the TV in there, is like, and she runs out and goes into Peter's room, watches the TV for a second, and she comes back in and is like, this is, this is, this is terrible. I think I think this is what I was supposed to witness. I think this is this is the breaking. This is this this is the start of the bad dumb. things. Yeah, yes, but it's actually a wall. So I guess I guess it's kind of like a dam, except like a dam for people, a wall for damned people. All oh, the kindred. There's going to be an influx. Yeah. I mean, there's like in the news reports, like already there's like mortals just pouring through the wall and they all have free reign to go wherever they want. I mean, this is like a, a massive shift of power could happen. There could be incursions. There could be power grabs. There could be war. I mean, this, this could cause a lot of instability for our kind. Yeah. And with the blood tithes going on, the more people that show up here in Heidelberg, the more people having to blood tithe, the more mortals go disappearing, the more notice that's going to get. Maria sh- shrugs and is like, well, I mean, not a whole lot we can do about that. But anyway, so and she, she looks at Dallas and Ulva and is like, so, um, all right. So good talk. I got to go. How are you doing? It's nice to see you again. Yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, I just I just have to go go back and back to the Haven uh, right now. Um, uh, quick question: Are you guys still Anarchs or or not? Still Anarchs. Okay, okay, just checking. Um, okay, goodbye. <laughs> she just calmly walks out. We still like you. Oh, I know. No, we can we can still hang out. Just you know, don't do anything rebellious. I know. I mean, like that 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 hairdo is rebellious enough. And, and are you okay? You look like shit, Dallas. I have not had a good night. The night just started. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you look very healthy. You have a very healthy color about you. You're glowing, actually. Thank you. You're welcome. What is Elsa doing? Sprinting through Heidelberg. Uh, getting to Gregory's place as soon as possible to tell Gregory and Christina. Are you running or are you jumping along the rooftops using soaring leave? She's going to start sprinting. And she was so excited that she forgot. She almost forgot she was a kindred. And she's going to just sneak in. She's like, what the fuck? What the fuck am I doing? And she's going to sneak into a back alleyway, make sure no one's watching, and then jump on the rooftops and get to the house faster. So you parkour your way over to Gregory's. Okay. You get there eventually, and the, the lights are on. You know, you through the window, you can, you can see the news is on. And uh, 
Yeah, it looks as you're going through, like in the streets, you see like there's a lot of people out, like just celebrating. You know, people are up and about. You know, usually around this time of night in this part of town, people just tend to be inside, but they're not. They're out there talking to their neighbors. They're drinking beer together. They're singing songs. It's a lot of celebration going on, and you get to Gregory's door. Yeah, and I start. I'm like Gregory, Gregory. All right. Uh, you, the door opens and it's Christina, and Christina! she sees you, and she just gives you the biggest hug. I hug her back. I'm hugging her so tightly, like, and I'm crying or not crying, but yeah. <laughs> well, Christina's crying, and y'all are jumping up and down excitedly, and just very happy. And Christina pulls you inside, and there's Gregory is there. He's got. He's got drinks out. He's, you know, just very excited. Energetic music is playing in the background. And Gregory comes in. He gives you a big squeeze and a hug and is like, oh, my God, this is so wonderful. It is. It is. She's hugging Gregory, too. And uh, she's like, I can't believe it. It actually happened. And (sighs) but. Have you guys been awake all night? Or yeah, I assume so. Oh no! Like we, the news first broke like like earlier today, and we've just been celebrating all day long. We've been calling you. Oh yeah, I've I've been recruiting people for the for the lounge. Um, that's been a hassle. So I haven't been able to get on the news at all. Uh, but yeah, I haven't, I've been doing all of that and me and Dallas are helping each other out. So sorry. Yeah. Christina says you have to do a special night at your club just for this. I mean, this is, we need to celebrate this. Oh yeah, I do. We do. We do. I, um, you know, I, I didn't think about it before, but now I I don't know what song I, I would play. It's a club. But it's got to be a good one, right? Oh, oh, you can think about that later. But I mean, right now we're celebrating. We're, Germany is Germany again. I mean, the, on the news, they're saying that this 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 puts the nail in the coffin of the Cold War. Uh, they have some people on there saying that the Soviet Union is going to fall. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Oh man, wouldn't that just be great? Sounds going be amazing. I took I, t- I took a took a few beers before I came here but so I am completely so Gregory hands you another one says let's have one more we're celebrating it's okay if she were to, if she were to chug that right now would she have time to throw it up later I will allow you to spend a, uh, a temporary willpower point to take some superficial willpower damage to be able to hold it in for a scene, but then you're going to have to get rid of it sooner rather than later. Yeah, okay. So she's going to spend that willpower, but she has no choice right now. <laughs> and so you just you just chug it all down, and Christina's like, wow, that's the Elsa I remember. You haven't lost her. All right, and so you guys... you celebrate some more and everything's great but you have to you make your excuses 
and where do you where do you go to freshen up? Uh, yeah, freshen up. Uh, I mean, it's, it's bound to be a giant college party happening, right? Somewhere, anywhere behind these. Please, for the love of God. Okay, well, you're not going to make it very far. I mean, you can, your options are run your ass to the bathroom or get out and find somewhere secluded. Let's say that there's a bush nearby. Okay, so you leave Gregory's house and then find a secluded bush and empty the contents of your stomach loudly and messily. Nobody can hear. There's parties happening everywhere. Give me a rouse check. Seven! You do not get hungrier after all of that. Right on. Man, that used to be your favorite beer, too. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. All right. And so what is going on for the rest of this night? So Yolva would come sit next to Dallas and just be like, I understand this is hard. It is not pleasant when a beast takes control, but we are still here for you and you are still Dallas. That is not changing just because something bad happened and we are here for you. And just kind of gives her a little kiss on the forehead and then wraps her arm around her in a hug to let her just do what she needs to do. (laughs) And Dallas probably just starts crying out at this point and just letting her guilt and shame kind of go and makes a promise to herself that that was that she will never let herself get that hungry again. Um, and that she will try her best to keep a better handle on her beast and kind of comes to terms with the, the fact that she may not be able to ever prevent it from happening again. She can't guarantee it won't ever happen again, but she's going to do her best to never let it herself get to that point where that is the cause of something like that. Yelva just lets her cry it out and rubs her back and just doesn't say anything. Just as the steady presence to be there if she wants to talk or just to lean on and cry on. The Infane podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs.